gosh, you know how Byron gets up here sometimes? He's like, I've had church. Let's go home, right? I feel that way this morning. But I guess since I was asked to speak, I will. I feel like I have something for the Lord, so that's, that's pretty good, right? We'll see. You guys can be the judge of that when I'm done. Youth ministry, amazing. I was home this last week back in Iowa. I'm from Iowa, for those of you that don't know. And Corey and I and our families went up there, and we had a chance to connect with our youth pastor uh, from when I was in junior high, and that's like was a pivotal moment in my life. That's when I gave my life to the Lord personally and started really walking with him and walking with the Lord. And how long has he been doing youth ministry? 33 years at the same church. So at any rate, it's an impactful thing that you all are doing, and I'm so lucky that my kids have been able to be a part of Tidal Wave. It's really exciting. So thank you all. All right. You ready? All right. Help, Lord. Bring it. All right. Well, a few, last time I spoke, I guess, it was back sometime, I don't know, a few months ago, and I was speaking about, if you guys remember, that moment where Jesus was asking his disciples who they said he was. Remember that story in the Bible? So if you weren't here, you can still track with me. And Peter responded, he said, you're the Lord, you are the Christ. And Jesus, at that moment, when Peter saw Jesus for who he really was, Jesus did this really cool thing. He released Peter's identity to him. He reminded him of his new name, remember the rock. And then he released his calling to him. He said, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. You remember that? And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it, etc. So at that time, when I was speaking about that, I said I had a message about walking in your calling. And I didn't want to share it at that time, but I wanted to share it later. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Walking in your calling. How's that sound? Let's do it. So I want to start out by talking about what do we mean or what am I meaning so we can all get on the same playing field this morning when I talk about this word calling. So Caleb, if you could put that definition up for me. This is from BibleStudyTools.com. So there's a website called BibleStudyTools.com. Check it out. Uh, this is the definition of called or invited. I really like this. So it says invited by God in the proclamation of the gospel to obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom through Christ. That's pretty good. The second definition is called to or the discharge of some office divinely selected and appointed. I love that. I love that. And the first definition that we see up here is really global for all of us, right? It's the moment we're called, we're saved. All of us as Sons and daughters of Christ, all of us who have received Christ in our life have been called into this eternal salvation. We agree on that? We good? Okay, good. So we'll all agree on that one. The second one is what is really intriguing to me, especially this piece that we're divinely selected and appointed. I really, really like that. So if calling means divinely selected and appointed, well, what is it that we're called to? What is it that we're called to? You know, I think a lot of times when we use this word calling, we think about this really special, big, specific thing. You hear what I'm, you know what I mean? Like this office, it says actually in that definition, an office. Or like maybe a moment in time when you step into a calling, right? We think about that. Pastors are called probably, right? Hopefully to be pastors, I think about things like Moses at the burning bush. Okay, that was a calling. Set my people free. That a moment in time, pretty big deal, right? 
I think about Paul, his encounter with Jesus when he was blinded and then coming out of that and the process that Jesus took Paul through to say, I want you to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That was a very specific calling, right? So let's, let's go after this calling a little bit for us specifically. How many of you in this room feel like you have a very specific kind of moment in time calling in your life or position that you've been called to? Raise your hand. Okay, there's a lot of you. And that's really, really awesome. I think that when we talk about that, I share that with you. I share this idea of having a calling in my life. And I shared a little bit about it last time when I was talking. This calling in my life has at some times been almost like a frustration point for me. And maybe some of those that raised your hand know what I'm talking about. You have this feeling of, well, someday right? When I step into my calling or God, when am I going to step into this calling that I feel like you've put on my life? You all know what I'm saying? And maybe it hasn't been a specific word that you've gotten from the Lord, but maybe the Lord's put something in you that like, you know, I know that's from the Lord. It's burning so heavy in me. Is anybody following with me? You guys share some of that. And it becomes this like frustration point but it's big and it's significant. Please hear me. I know that this thing is significant, but I don't really want to talk about that much today. So everybody that raised their hands, like, great. Thanks. Thanks for getting my hope up, jerk. <laughs> if you're not going to talk about it, why'd you bring it up? Well, stick with me. All right, stick with me. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, have you ever felt maybe like you're missing out? Maybe, maybe it's even like you've been hunting and searching. God, what's your calling in my life? Ugh. I see your people talk about being called, and I don't feel like you're calling me to anything, God. What are you calling me to? Does that ring a bell? Or like this, I gave up on my calling. Psh, there must not be a calling in my life because God hasn't showed up to me in a burning bush. I'm out. I must be disqualified or something. I'll just live life. Right now, maybe you hadn't thought any of those things until just now. And you're like, wow, Ryan, thanks. I'm slipping into depression over here. I hadn't really thought about that till you triggered it. So I apologize about that and realize probably at this point I've alienated everybody and I'm not even through my intro. So stick with me. I promise I'm going to try to get to something that's bigger. And I, I want to talk about that. And, and specifically this idea that I think there's something when we talk about a calling, there's a bigger, I use the word in my notes, genre of calling. A bigger category, a bigger bucket of calling. And that's what I want to talk about today. So whether you feel like you're that person, maybe you've already stepped into and you're walking out your calling, you feel that. Or you raised your hand earlier and you feel like someday I'm going to step into my calling. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're the person that said, I don't know if I really have a calling in my life or not. I don't think so. Maybe not. Today, this message is for you. You ready? All right. And if I didn't list you, I'm kind of hoping this message is for you too. But we'll see. All right. So I want to dive into this idea this idea of this generic calling. 
and I wrote down, it's the divine invitation. So I'll repeat that. The divine invitation to function in alignment with how we were created. Let me me say that again. The divine invitation to function in alignment with how we were created. We're going to dive into that today. Before we do, I have this little side note about invitation. I was on my way back from Iowa. I mentioned that. Yesterday we got home. We were in the car. We were driving. And I decided to, li- I missed, uh, missed last Sunday because we were, dri- we were in Iowa. And I decided to listen to Byron's sermon from last week. It's on uh, riverlifefellowship.com. So I listened to his sermon. And he was talking about this idea of invitation. And I realized here at River Life, we actually use this word invitation a lot. <laughs> So I want to, especially maybe for those of you that are visiting, or maybe those of you that are sitting here like, well, I don't, why do we use this word invitation? So it dawned on me this idea of invitation, that God opens a door to us to step into something. And it's not a have to, it's a get to. Isn't that cool? We were driving behind this big tractor trailer, and this is like decal or like, not logo, but like, you know, text on the back of tractor trailers that you see. And it was this like scowly face. They did a great job with the shadows. I mean, this guy looked angry. His brow was furrowed. His eyes were sharp. And this hand, like it was just the face and the hand. And it was like, no, it was close. It said, did you pray today? And I, I feel like in the church, especially we've done this thing where we put all this pressure on ourselves that we have to perform. Like we have to do something to get in right with God or like he's keeping points or something, right? Or that there's all these demands on our life. Okay, you're a Christian. I'm going to put a demand on your life, right? That's not it. It's an invitation. We get to step in. And it's like this thing, instead of being a demand, we get to step into things that are bigger or greater or deeper and we get the benefits of it. You know, if you're saved, stepping into an invitation with God is not going to get you more saved. But it might get you in deeper relationship with him, right? Last week, Byron was talking about deeper revelation. That's an invitation. Come on, get some deeper revelation. Who doesn't want that? You know, but we, so I'm just talking about this, this idea of invitation today that we, and that we use. It's like this get to that God offers and we can respond or not. And if we don't, he's not going to love us less, Okay. He doesn't love you less if you don't go after these things. He doesn't love you more if you do. (laughs) Right? But we get to take advantage of these things. Isn't that awesome? All right. Well, that wasn't my message, but it's a little sidetrack. Byron will be proud of me. I did like a little offshoot. Yeah. It'll be good. All right. So let's get back to this divine invitation to function in alignment with how you were created. I'm going to pull up Ephesians. Caleb, could you do that for me? Ephesians 2.10. All right, here's the verse for the day. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Right? Three things inside here that I want to unpack. We're created uniquely by him. You see that? We're created to do good things and these things he prepared in advance for us to do. So those are the three things. If you're taking notes, 
I put in some fill in the blanks in your, uh, in your, what are they called? The things that we pass out sometimes that we never use anymore that we don't have in here. Bulletins, yeah. I put fill in the blanks in your bulletins that don't really exist. So check those out. Okay. This first piece, Ephesians 2.10 has this, you were created as God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. I want to talk about that. You're God's masterpiece. Some verses call it God's handiwork. Some translations call it creation or poema. I love the Passion Translation. It's kind of in line with poema. It's poetry. And this is a verse that I love so much. I come back to it a lot. And I think it's because I leak. We've heard Byron talk, or you may have heard um, in, in leadership circles, people talk about vision leaking. You have to re- you know, kind of constantly be talking about vision. I think, I, I think this leaks out of me. I forget that I'm a masterpiece. Think about that word, masterpiece or poetry, right? What do, you, what do we think about when we think about a masterpiece, the master, right? A master creator, right? Think about masterpiece like what? The Mona Lisa, Picasso's works, Starry Night. I'm throwing out just random stuff, right? Those are masterpieces. Would we agree? And the best masterpiece is the one that's the original, Right? It's an original work, like an Amy Early art piece, right? Original. It's one of a kind. Nobody's made prints of it. Nobody's copied it. You hear me? Okay. Those are pretty good art pieces that I mentioned. Would we agree? Those are pretty, everybody would agree those people are masters. There's master musicians also, right? People that create stuff. There's masters. Shane would argue that, Everybody here has a creative streak in them, right? And everybody's creative. I believe that too. But we would all agree that there's people that are masters in their categories. Okay, God is a master. Is there any other better creator than God? Come on. Is anybody following me on that? Come on, we'll, we'll like raise up these people and say, Picasso, Monet, yeah, yeah, yeah. And their works are art. Yes, their works are masterpieces, totally. God, yeah, he's a master, of course, Ryan. Why are you telling me this? I'm getting my money back and going out of here because you're being really redundant. We know God's a master, right? Here's the moment. You're the masterpiece. So grab onto that. Because I feel like we probably don't. We probably look at ourselves and we say, I'm not a masterpiece. We probably look at ourselves sometimes and we say, I don't even know why I was created. Is that fair? I'm coming after you today. Because you need to remember this. God is a master. You are his creation. So therefore, you are a masterpiece. You need to grab that. I'm going to stay right here. I still have 25 minutes, and I'm not leaving this moment until you grab it. You're a masterpiece. Hey, if you're believing anything else than that, you're believing a lie. Right now, I'm not kidding. This isn't a joke. Quit believing the lie. You are a masterpiece. You are not an accident. You weren't born like, you know, out of circumstances that were not in somebody's control. You were created by God. And he loved you before you were even in your mother's womb. Got it? 
pick that up. And if you don't believe it, tell yourself every day until you start believing it. You're a masterpiece, y'all. Come on. And don't beat yourself up because I've been there. I know I'm a masterpiece. I quit. I always forget. You know, no, I'm not. And then you slip back into it. It's okay. It's okay. Just pick yourself back up. It's going to be all right. You're a masterpiece. Can you still hear me? All right. I think they turned the mic down because I was being too loud. Like, what are you, some kind of Byron Wicker up there yelling at me? Okay. You guys got this, right? The first part of Ephesians 2.10. We got to land there because we can't get past it to the rest of the message until we realize that. You were created by God uniquely. You're a -a one-of-a-kind, original piece of art. Okay. I'm going to put a pin in it. We'll stake that in the ground. Let's hold on to that. Next, we were created to do good things. That's what that verse says, Ephesians 2.10, right? We were created to do good works. Now, this piece for me, especially weighing this kind of idea that I think I might step into some, like, specific calling someday, it's kind of been tricky for me to figure out in my life. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I feel like there's a lot of times where I'm still waiting until, right? Um, But I think, and I will suggest today, that even if you are one of those people who feel like you have a calling someday, God, it's not really in God's designed plan for us to be in a holding pattern for the rest of our life. And I feel like this Bible verse is universal for us as the church. Paul was writing this message to the church, to the church in Ephesus specifically, but it's kind of a broad, like a very, very broad church book. Church book. A very, very, very broad book that's applied to all of the church is what I meant by that. Okay? So if you are waiting till someday to step into a calling, that doesn't mean you're in a holding pattern. And for those of you that didn't raise your hand, that don't think you have a calling on your life, like you're not waiting forever. There is stuff for us to do today, right? There's stuff for us to do today. And Again, I feel like this has been a little bit tricky for me to tap into in my life. So I was thinking back as I was preparing for this message, like what are times in my life when I've actually feel like I've been in this place? Like I feel like I've been in the place where I've been doing good things and maybe seeing seeing more of God's activity in my life. Do you you know what I mean? And I remember back a few years ago, Mary and I moved to Texas. We lived in Houston, uh, just north of Houston for about two and a half years. It was some time ago and and. And that time in our life, as I look back, feels like it was jam-packed with what some people might call God encounters, if you've ever heard that term. But these things where God was just seemed like he was moving all over the place. I don't have time to jump into all the stories, but, you know, I'll share a couple of them. There was this, this woman that worked for me. She was an um, older woman, and she was diagnosed with throat cancer. She was from South Africa, lived with me, and obviously as, as her boss, we started having conversations about, what's that? Yeah, she did not live with me. She didn't, although sometimes work feels like life, right? Okay, thanks, babe. So she worked with me. She didn't live with me. 
She worked with me, and she, as part of this process, obviously her being diagnosed with throat cancer, we started having conversations about her treatment plan, when she would need off work. Of course, it was fully HIPAA, confidential, et cetera. So it was amazing because I found, she, I knew she kind of believed the Lord, you know, but we hadn't had a lot of conversations like that. But I found this opportunity and just felt invited, invited to say, hey, can I be praying for you? And actually in my office at work, there would be moments where I'd have the opportunity to pray for her. And then as her treatment started, she actually reached out to me and said, hey, would you be willing to drive me to my treatments in Houston sometimes? Because there's a few days I can't find a ride. Would you be willing to do that? Yeah, of course. But it's like this, we built this relationship over those months where she was getting treatment that was totally the Lord. And we kept in contact after that. We, we touch base every couple of years, even now. And, and she talks about how impactful that was in her life. And like, I didn't do anything specific, right? I just stepped in, prayed for her. Like, but God, I didn't know this woman six months before that. And now I can say she's like, our relationship was really impactful. Like you remember forever. That was a God moment. You know, I think about another person, uh, a couple of at work, that didn't also did not live with us. And um, this was a man and a wife, and they were younger than us. And I was, I was really good friends with him, and Mary was really good friends with her. And we kind of hung out. And again, he, he reported to me at work. And, and they, we, they found themselves in this place where they had, ha- they had a child. Their marriage was getting to a place where it was really rocky. It was a hard time, right? Marriages, that happens. They were going through a really hard time, and they got separated. And they were thinking about moving forward with a divorce. And they were kind of expressing separately to us their frustrations and hard times and hardships and those things. And, and Mary and I had this amazing opportunity to step into their life and start speaking life to them in an encouraging way, hear me, right? But God used that moment for us in this relationship with these folks to encourage them to get counseling, to kind of walk through some life with them. And they're like the most happy married couple I know today. (laughs) Like, they're crazy in love. That's amazing. Again, we we didn't do anything specifically in that moment to change their lives, right? We had this opportunity that we were invited to participate in. It was awesome. Another moment that I think about is this kid uh, was sick, and this was my boss. Oh, I don't know. A lot of this happened around work, right? My boss, his son was sick, and they were in the hospital, and they had one of those situations where they had no idea what was going on. Hey, by the way, we got a good report from David Rummage today. They, he had a really big breakthrough last night. So, yeah, I, um, it was a short message, so I don't know specifically what um, the diagnosis is, but it looks like he's making progress. But we'll continue to pray for David uh, so the doctors know exactly what's going on and so he can get fully out of the weeds and back to healthy and whole. Okay, that was somewhere. Doctor, yeah, this kid was in that place. Like, they had no idea what was going on. He had a high fever. Like, it was a kind of life or death situation. Well, we were at church one night, and our pastor started talking about that story in the Bible where the Roman um, general, um, centurion, where he comes to Jesus and said, hey, my, my child's sick. Can, will you heal him? And Jesus was like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, no, no, you don't need to go. All you need to do is say the word. I get it. I get how this authority thing works. I tell my servants what to do, and they do it, right? They come or they go. So, Jesus, all you have to do is speak the word, and my son will be healed. And Jesus is like, yeah, done, healed. And it says at that moment, the boy was healed. His fever broke, right? 
The boy was healed, sorry, not fever. This story, this kid had a fever. So I was in that, and I left church. I got up and walked out because I felt this, like, prompting to go to go pray for this kid. So I went up to the church, or to the church. To the I'm struggling. I went up to the hospital, and I sat in the waiting room. I didn't tell anybody I was there, and I just started praying. I started praying for this boy, and then the next morning I went to work, and I went into my boss's office. I was like, hey, man, how, how are you? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. We were at the hospital last night. I was like, yeah, your son's fever broke at about 10, 15, didn't it? He looks at me. He's like, how did you know that? It's like, whew. <laughs> I don't do that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I was praying for him, and I really felt the Lord was saying he is. So I got to share this story you know, with him and about how the Lord cares. And he had some crazy, like, disease at that moment that the doctors all of a sudden were able to figure out what was going on. They flipped it around, got him the right treatment, and he's, again, kind of happy, healthy, playing basketball today. It's amazing. And I was like, Lord, why, as I'm looking back, preparing for this message, what was going on? So this time in our lives, we got invited to go to Texas. We, it wasn't our plan. We got invited by my work to go to Texas, but we saw the Lord all over it. My in-laws did not. They did not want us to move to Texas with their six-month-old grandchild, right? But we saw the Lord all over this, and we decided, you know what, let's go. He arranged it. Art, Art and Nasha bought our house, like, you know, without us ever putting it on the market. It was amazing. It's just all the circumstances, we knew it was the Lord. So guess what? We went in with this expectation. Lord, you're doing something. I want in on it. You hear it? You hear me? And then all of a sudden, all this stuff started happening. You guys, it's not, it's not because the Lord is less interested in doing things in and around me today or other times than he was back then. It's we had this expectation, and we had this desire to go after the Lord to see what it was that he was going to be doing, right? And that's the key, I think. This idea, this verse says that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I think the good works are all around us. I think they're all around us. And I think we have an invitation. Remember when I said invitation is not a have to have. It's not a demand. It's not a commandment on us. It's, a, it's an invitation. I think we have an invitation to participate. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And I'm not, like, in the hot seat if I don't. But think about all those cool things that happen when you participate in the things that God has, like, served up for you to do, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, in you, I was so energized. Have you guys ever been in that place? We're like, Lord's moving. This is awesome. This is exciting. This is the Christian life that I thought about, right? Where I can see him moving, where he's, he's doing miracles in my midst. I get it. Not all our times are like that, right? I'll preach next week on being in the wilderness. I'm just kidding. I'm not preaching next week. But you get the idea. We go through seasons. Like, okay, so we get this opportunity to participate. And guess what else? We get energized. We get built up. But we also get to share the love of Christ around. And it's like a wildfire, right? You start sharing it. A couple of the folks that I talked about were just kind of like, yeah, they believed in the Lord, but they weren't really engaged. And we saw them get excited about God. We heard them say things like, God healed my child. (laughs) 
It was, it's exciting. You're spreading this thing that God, this God wants to do in and around you. You get a chance to play a part in that. Isn't that fun? Man, and there's a ton of people that get impacted by that, which is really exciting. I think y'all are excited. I'm getting jacked up about this. So as we talk about this good works thing, I really want to encourage you today to be thinking about that and to be stepping into it. And it ties into what Byron and Marlon preached several weeks ago about tapping into the voice of the Lord, right? The, the prophetic voice of the Lord. Because I think that this is a part of the prophetic voice of the Lord. Those little promptings, those little, hey, you should pray for that person. Hey, you should help that person put a bag of groceries in their car, right? doesn't have to be some miraculous thing. It's the voice of the Lord, and you get a chance to respond to those small inklings. And if you don't know how to do that, I encourage you to get help. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Marlon. Hey, Marlon, I have this dream, and I don't even know what it means. I feel like it was from the Lord. And he's like, oh, yeah, here. Helps, kind of walks me through it, talks about it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to share that. I'm going to share with the person that was in the dream. But I wasn't sure at first. You hear what I'm saying? Like, so I wanted some help from somebody who I knew has kind of walked in that. Matthew Bollinger does it adventure school, or he, he used to do the adventure school. And they had those things called um, scavenger hunts. Yeah, I know that's not our term. We didn't come up with that. But maybe you've heard of that scavenger hunt concept. If you haven't, it's like, you know, you go sit and pray and ask God to show you things. And you see a picture of somebody in a red shirt. And then, like, you go out to some place like, you know, Walmart. You're like, hey, there's a person in a red shirt. I'm going to go, bam, and you deliver whatever it was that you were feeling about that person in the red shirt. Or just say, hey, I, you know, I feel like God loves you or something. Like, that's really scary to me. That's, I'm not going to lie. When we did that as part of adventure school, it was a little bit scary. And I actually feel like I dropped the ball on something. But I'm not condemned. Okay? So we moved through. Now, that's a little bit scary to me. And I'm a really extroverted person. So I get that's not for everybody. I'm also, I have other issues. But uh, like extrovert is an issue. That's not what I meant. If you're an extrovert, that's not an issue. Let me just clear that up. Okay, so I feel like I love, though, that's what I wanted to share. I love those moments where you get those little small things that you can respond to. Those are fun for me. And just to kind of see what happens. And you know what's the worst thing? Somebody can say, no, no thanks. Okay, cool, I'm moving on. But I've found more and more often that doors open, and it's exciting. Okay, that was the second point. So the first point, you are a masterpiece created by God. The second point is to do good things. And the third point is that he's already prepared for you to do. This is awesome. As excited as I am about this idea of doing good things and following the Lord and following his prompting, this last piece, as I started preparing for this message, I got really excited about. He prepared for us to do and the reason why I'm excited about is because we're not alone in these good works. It's cool because it's this moment where we see God initiate again. Does that make sense? We were singing this morning, we love because he first loved us, right? He wanted to set relationship right with us, so he sent his son first. He died on the cross for us so that, and then we can respond. He initiated 
he initiates over and over again. What kind of a God does that? (laughs) If you believe the world, they're waiting. They think we have to do something to get right with God. But he did it. And this is another moment. We have good works to do, but it's not heavy. It's not that like good works so you can measure up thing. Right? It's not the like legalistic you have to do good so that you can get your name on a pew so that you can maybe get to, I'm not just kidding, exaggerating. But you know what I'm saying? Christians that feel like there's a demand on their life to do good or else God won't love them as much. This shows that's not the case. He's teeing this stuff up for us. He prepared it in advance for us to do. He took the first step and initiated it. Isn't that awesome? It's so good. And then we get to partner with God. We get to step in. Hey, Caleb, can you put up Ephesians 3.20? I got this. This is out of the Passion Translation. It's, it's kind of like, you know, one of those verses is like six times as long as the, um, if you look at it, like the New King James Version. Okay. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for the, his miraculous power constantly energizes you. This is in Ephesians. Remember the verse I was sharing was in Ephesians 2.10. This is the next chapter. In between here and there, Paul's been talking about grace and the power that God gives us through his grace and how faith establishes those things, right? And then he says, he does the work. So it's like a stepping stone. Not only does he prepare it, but he does it. Take the pressure off. If you're like, I don't know if I could pray for somebody. Oh, my prayers aren't very strong, Ryan. Right? It's not good. good. It's not you anyway. Right? Well, what if I don't have the answers? They might ask me some questions. Okay. Tell them you'll find the answer. Like, that's okay. You know what? God does the work. Right? Nobody really talks like that. So I'm going to highlight a few things. It's God's mighty power in you that accomplishes this. He will achieve infinitely more. And he will outdo them all. We get to engage and participate. We're co-laborers. We just get to come along and decide if we want in or not. The invitation's out there. And I think God's created a ton of things for us to do. And I bet you I've missed a bunch in my life. There's times I haven't taken the invitation. I decided to stay home instead of going to the party. Like, you know, the spiritual party. That's a chime for like a metaphor there. Okay, so there's been times where I haven't stepped in and said yes. And that's okay. There's a billion more things for me to do. And he's teed them all up. And I get to participate. Who wants to participate? So today, this is today. This is what I want to leave. Ready? You're a masterpiece. If you haven't believed, if you don't believe that yet, let's go back. Rewind 25 minutes and we'll keep pounding you. I'm just kidding. 
All right, we were created to do good things. And he prepared them in advance for us to do. Hey, y'all, that's our calling. That's our calling. That's the divine invitation. Because remember I said, you're div- I think it, the divine invitation to actively participate in what you were created to be or how you were created. God created you. We all agree on that. You already told me earlier. You can't back out of it now. God created you to do good things. That's what he created you for. It's in, it's in Ephesians. So you get to participate. So if you are that person that raised your hand earlier, stop waiting. You're not in a holding pattern until someday. Now, I do think someday is going to be awesome when you step into that thing that you feel like God's preparing for you to do. I wanted to share this whole wax on, wax off analogy from Karate Kid, but I don't have time. God's preparing you to do something big, and that's awesome, but you don't have to wait until then. Today is your day to start doing the things, to listen, to keep your eyes open, to do those little things that God has created for you to do, and he's already served them up on a platter. If you did not raise your hand, get out there and start doing something. Listen to me. You have a calling. You're not a second-class citizen in heaven. You have a calling, and God created you uniquely to do this stuff. He said, oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I created this for Leah to do. I can't wait until she has the opportunity to do it. And he's omnipresent, so he knows Leah's going to do it. Or when she's not, and that's okay. But it's like a t-ball. You ever have played t-ball with kids? Like you teach them how to bat, and you put the ball on the tee. Like they could just hit it. They don't have to swing and hit the pitch. It's right there. That's easy. So if you don't feel like you have a calling, you're also believing a lie. You do have a calling. You have a calling. God's created all these great things for you to do. Are you all excited about that? Come on. And you're going to change the world. Hey, these people are counting on you. Not in a heavy way, like a weird Yoki thing. Yoki, my daughter ordered two eggs, uh, yolk, extra Yoki this morning or something. Like that's called, um, you can order that for me and I'll know what you want. But in a restaurant, you would want to order that over easy. <laughs> okay. It's not a heavy yoke. I'll switch gears like the yoke that you put on ox, right? Okay. God has created you to do this stuff, and you get to do it, y'all. And people, their lives will be changed. Your life will be changed. This girl that we saw in the video, her life, her unborn baby's life is going to be changed because somebody did the good work that God teed up for them to do. Come on. Let's get this stuff. And he already did the work, so you don't have to walk around feeling like you're not worthy. You are worthy of this calling. You're worthy of the calling that God has on your life. Because guess what? He created you to do it. He built you specifically for it. You're not a car trying to do a bulldozer's work. You're a car like a Lamborghini or Maserati that was specifically designed to do exactly that function. And all you have to do is just do it. Isn't that great? Take the pressure off. Get up. Stand up if you want. I'm going to, come on. I'm going to slap everybody. 
Not really. I'm not slapping. If you're visiting, I'm not going to slap anybody. All right, I want to release this, though. If you want to grab a hold of this, grab a hold of it. Hey, Lord, we're tired of living our life in a holding pattern. Lord, we're tired of feeling like we don't have anything to do on this earth. And we're just going through the motions, Lord. We, we're giving that up today. We're giving it up right now. And Lord, instead, we are setting our eyes on you. And we are agreeing with the calling you have on our life. Y'all say, I agree. I agree, agree, Lord, with the calling that you have on my life. I believe, Lord, that you created me to do something great. Every day, not just one big great, but many greats. Many good things, plural. Y'all grab onto that. Lord, release that on this place. Holy Spirit, come right now and fill us up and let us hear your voice. Lord, remove the things from our eyes that don't let us see what you're doing in and around us. Lord, unplug our ears so we can hear when you're whispering to us, asking us to participate or engage in something. Lord, we receive the invitation to step in to the good things that you created us to do. And we believe that we're a masterpiece. Say, I believe I'm a masterpiece. No, you got to say it again because you don't believe it yet. Say it again. Come on. You're created to do great things. Come on, Lord. You're like a bunch of people who are getting ready to run out there and do fun things. Marlon, come on up. Thank y'all. Thank you, Ryan. Come on. All right, Pat, this is Gad DeFranco's wife, Pat, and she has something that she wanted to share, and I thought it was really good. The sermon today was very much like a dream, a vision, uh, a conversation I had with the Lord uh, during the week. And, you know, last time I shared was the first time I shared. I... Um, talked about this apple tree that is in our backyard and um, it has this apple way up there and we've been talking about well how are we going to get this apple before the squirrels do because we have lots of squirrels and um, um, then I was walking in the backyard just walking around I came by the apple tree and was looking up there's an apple right up there that I can take and just reach up and get it. Well, the Lord said, just reach up and get it. And, oh, yeah. So I'm saying, now, when am I going to reach up and get this apple? And the Lord said, well, you could do it now. So I don't know about this. And, and so... Then we were talking some more. I was talking with the Lord. And um, uh, I said, well, let's see. What are my gifts? I don't know any of my gifts. Um, He said, well, 
You can read. Yes, I can read. Uh, you could read the Bible. You know how um, Anne of King Gable did readings and make people wow and make people laugh and everything like that. Oh, well, I could do that. Yeah, so um, then I thought about it some more. I said, well, I need training. And he said, everything you do, every experience you've had in life is training. Every experience you've had, like... um, when we lived in Nigeria, we uh, talked to, um, we wanted a group of uh, people to come over for prayer meetings. So we started it, and uh, uh, lots of people came, but uh, our daughter, Raymi, was a little teeny, and uh, she didn't like me leaving the room and uh, when she was going to bed. And that was when the prayer meeting was. So I would sit in the hallway and listen through the crack in the door while while they had the prayer meeting outside. And there is so much I got out of that, but I didn't know it at the time. I'm just now seeing and experiencing some of the things that I learned sitting there in the half dark listening to the prayer meeting out there. So uh, it's like God is teaching us even when we were children. And when we start using it, he will bless it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pat. You, you had two great testimonies today. Amen. My, my story, that I think I kind of mentioned a little bit, even with the new school that I'm teaching at, that's something that the Lord did in a dream. You know, and uh, just being in that atmosphere, you know, I started last week, just being in that atmosphere, it's, it's pretty intense, very, very involved. And even the interview process was a whole day process, like literally. You get a meeting the how to teach a class, you get to meet the faculty, you get to meet all sorts of people, and they ask you all sorts of questions. So they vet you pretty good even before they even offer you the job itself. And the Lord kept on taking me back to the dream. I said, Lord, man, this seems so intense, you know. And just being there and the emails and, and just the different things that they're asking you to do, the requirements. The Lord took me back to the dream and said, remember what I told you in that dream when you looked at your hands? That for all the years you've been teaching, I prepared you for this season. You have everything that you need to succeed in this next season that you're in. So everything that I learned before, he said, you're going to use it here. And I'm going to be with you. That was the good news. He said, and I'll be with you the whole entire time. Amen. So even when this next season I'm going into, that's what I'm heading. Go ahead, Louis. Sorry, I forgot. You good? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> I need the Lord. You know. But I just want to encourage you guys that 
what Ron preached today, you know, that, that was the father's heart. You could feel it. That was the father's heart. We were sitting in the father's living room just encouraging and saying, I'm with you. I'm just giving you this invitation to come to the places that were always prepared for you from the very beginning. I just want to say this. Stretch out your hand like this. I know some of you have been walking and doing what the Lord told you to do, and that's clear to you. But some of us don't feel that way. But I, I, want, I just feel the Holy Spirit so strong over here. To, to, he wanted me to let you know that you are doing. If that condemnation is not from Him, don't walk in condemnation. And I feel that the Lord is confirming right now some destinies, destinies and purposes and callings that you already know. And if you don't know, just walk in it. Trust in Him. So I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. Yeah. Come, Lord. Because this is not for people up here in the platform. This is for the ordinary mom and dad. The man that works at the office. The guy driving a truck. Lord, the dentist and the doctor. This is for everyone in here. And Lord, I just pray for the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to come with fire. Lord, to pray. Lord, as we go on that road, on this highway, Lord, that we begin to pray and hear the Holy Spirit. Turn over here. Go into that restaurant. Eat there. Lord, that we will have the ear, the ears and the heart and the eyes to see. This is not complicated. It was never meant to be complicated. It's simple. It's easy to follow Him. So, Lord, I just pray that it will be released. That there will be, if you feel it right now, if you feel the shift around you, I see people being touched right now. That's the Holy Spirit with you. Come on, come on. That's the Holy Spirit telling you if you feel peace or a liquid fire, and if you need to be renewed in the calling because you've been at it for a long time, and you're tired, you're worn out, and you've been a good soldier, the Lord wants to renew your strength today and give you a new vision. So, Lord, I just pray for that too. I pray it for myself, and I pray for everybody this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Ooh, yeah, come on. Sing oh. that, Jacob. Sing that, Jacob. You feel it. It's, he's here. Let it minister to you. I have for you. Ooh, just receive that this morning. It's never too late. It's not too late. It's not too late for you. So come on. Open up your heart and let me in.
good, man. Come on. This is the Lord singing to us. So open up your heart and let me in. Just receive that from the Lord this morning. generous father that we have so if we can have the ministry team come up we can have the ministry team come up and we're gonna go ahead and if you need father prayer please avail yourself to the ministry team that they may lay hands on you they may bless you that they may agree with you amen and for the rest of you i just pray that the lord will just be with you that the grace of the father will touch your heart that his smile will continuously chase you the rest of your life. Amen? Amen.